0: kitty tail welcome back to horror cats and witch hats with katie and izzy uh we're back with a a new movie and a different whole different like um theme right yeah yes yeah we i wanted to say genre but it's not genre because we're just staying in horror but like
1: it's technically a horror comedy uh
0: but kind of yeah it's the lost boys from 1987. Such a wonderful classic movie that I feel like everybody needs to watch if they haven't. If you have
1: not, uh, it is a vampire movie, and I think this is like the first traditional monster kind of movie we've done.
0: Yeah, we haven't really done um, anything like this yet, so I'm kind of I kind of wanted to change it up a little bit and finally be like, no, let's go to something that's like supernatural-ish more than we've done already. Like, not ghosts, but monsterish and yeah so I think you're right
1: and I, besides
0: besides killers or monsters but it's fine
1: <laughs> I've never seen this movie until Katie suggested it and I'm very excited she did because one I love me some 80s and two it was really good
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you liked it because this is such a fun movie that I love watching that I mean, I watch with all of my horror friends constantly because it has such a great soundtrack with it, but it's such a well-done movie, and it's just so much fun.
1: And the hair and the outfits are 80s, man. Perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing ever. Uh, But
1: before we dive into this, it's not going to be a super crazy long episode by any means. Nope. But I just want to remind everyone, our raffle is still going. It... We announced the winner October 31st-ish weekend. (laughs) Uh, We did do a post on our social media with the kind of like rules, I guess, for how to get entries. Uh, So just make sure you're trying trying to do that kind of stuff.
0: And on to the 80s movie. Sorry, I felt like singing that and I'm not sure why. But nevertheless, The Lost Boys, made in 1987. It's a wonderful movie. (laughs)
1: It was directed by Joel Schumacher, who unfortunately died June 22nd of 2020. He did. He was 80 years old and he died in New York City after a year-long battle with cancer. You know, at least he had a fairly long life.
0: that's that's good at least it wasn't covid (laughs) yeah yeah that yeah that's true he is like kind of a -a one-of-a-kind director i would argue oh yeah and he's done a lot of stuff
1: (laughs) he did the number 23 with jim carrey Mm the 2004
0: phantom of the
1: opera which katie and i are We've episode. watched a
0: hundred million times and I've seen it live and it's just beautiful. But anyways, we keep going. <laughs>
1: uh he did Phone Booth, Batman and Robin, with that's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Uma Thurman, and so Poison Dr. Ivy Freeze,
0: one. Poison Ivy, uh yeah. yeah. Alicia oh, Silverstone. Yeah. that's. I love that one. It's one of my favorites for sure, and that's kind of one of the movies that made me fall in love with Poison Ivy as a character. So
1: Who was Thank the you girlfriend in that movie uh she plays electra what the heck is her name wait uh, what she's alias what is that actress's name uh jennifer gardner yes thank you uh, you're she, welcome she's in that one he uh, oh shit that's right i forgot about that yeah Joel schumacher has worked with like every A lot major actor of that generation he
0: did a lot yeah Uh, because he yeah he did the original batman forever with val kilmer and tommy lee jones as two-face and and jim carrey as the riddler and then nicole kidman as the the love interest that's a really good one too i really like that movie uh, too he so i guess he was like an openly gay
1: male director at that time which wasn't a normal thing to do is this why he loved the bat nipples so much that is part of the reason he introduced (laughs) nipples to the costumes um, in we Batman and we figured it out, <laughs> which was very controversial, I guess.
0: But he... it's still mentioned to this day. We talk about it on my radio show constantly. We're like, "Is it Bat Nipples?" Because if it's Bat Doubles, we know who it is. <laughs>
1: uh, he. Well, now you know. Now the next time you bring it up, you can be like, "Well, actually,
0: he." Was... I'm so excited! I don't even think Carrie knows that, and he's the geek on our thing, so this is exciting. I guess he was trying to like really lean into this
1: a uh, fan idea that there was a like homosexual relationship between Batman and Robin. So, you know, a lot
0: of people have uh,
1: that's that's been out there. That's been a theory for a long time. So. Apparently nipples on the plastic costume screamed homoeroticism at that time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, but those are for me the two except for of course the Christian Bale Batmans. Uh, yeah those are the two batmans that we grew up on as children before christian bale was christian bale oh yeah so uh but he also did the original flatliners that has kevin bacon julia roberts like he's worked with everybody one of his big ones was st elmo's fire haven't seen it but oh
0: apparently it's like, i haven't seen it but really yeah well-known. i've heard of it for sure yeah, yeah. but yeah that's basically jill schumacher so he's a wonderful director and he no wonder this movie is so good basically okay makes There's, sense
1: i mean he's really good at picking projects and directing but he can also be very triggered on set i read some stories where he yelled and i guess one of the actors in this one um i can't remember if it was the character who plays the guy who plays michael mm-hmm. or one of the other ones. But I guess he, like, wasn't getting the reaction he wanted from him. And they're all children. So there's, like, a lot of stress and restraint with what they can and can't do. And I think right. he even admits this. He's like, I lost control. I slapped him. I shoved a door in his face. And I yelled Damn. at him. And he was like, to this day, he should have reported me. I should have been sued. I have apologized profusely. But, I mean, he, I'm sure, I can't even understand the stress they're under. But also, um, yeah, just, huh, you know, interesting. being an
0: actor sucks.
1: That's <laughs> basically what I've learned from you know, this podcast. You I've,
0: know, I've heard that a lot from other from things that, like, Bill used to be an actor and he talks about hating being on days because you can work, like, 14-hour days consistently. Granted, you make the money for it, but still. Yeah, people get worn out
1: on TV shows, especially. Uh, oh, yeah. That's why people leave. It's exhausting. But anyways...
0: So back to Lost Boys, the writers are the the, the three J's at this point. <laughs> you've got you've got Jan Fisher, James uh Jamarias, sure, I think, and Jeffrey Bohm. Uh so Jan, James and Jeffrey. Boom, boom, boom um, Jeffrey Bohm has had the wide like the widest career known outside of Lost Boys. Um he wrote for Lethal Weapons, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. But the other two you don't hear or I I didn't we didn't recognize too much from it. At least I think Jan
1: Fisher, most of her credits are for Lost Boys things. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, Jeffrey Baum was the one who branched out the most. Hmm. Interesting. And the cast.
0: Ba-ba-da-ba. Starting off with Michael Emerson, who is the main protagonist. He's played by Jason, Is it, it's Patrick, right? Jason Patrick? Yep. Sometimes I always question when things are spelled weird. <laughs> it just, it doesn't have a K at the end of it. Um, it and so it I don't know if it's like I I don't know, it looks weird. It looks weird. Um, his birth name is John Anthony Miller III, according to IMDb. Uh, he has five movies pending release and a TV series called The Detective, where it's um, where his part is called the Mysterious, ki- mysterious Killer. So um, um, I guess he's the killer in
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Way to give it away. <laughs> um,
0: I know, right? Um, but he's been in other movies and doing theater and things like that too. So he's kind of just uh, all around out there at this point.
1: Yeah, there wasn't anything after this movie that really fit like our genre, so I didn't really care to mention any of it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, Michael's little brother in The Lost Boys, and probably the true hero of the movie, is Sam Emerson. He's played by Corey Haim, and his life was sad and tragic, if all the rumors and stuff are true. He died in 2010. Initial reports jumped to the conclusion that he had overdosed because he had a long-standing history of drug abuse. Mm -hmm. But... So he died in March, coroner's report was released in May, March, April, May. So like two or three months later, they've got the, the official coroner's report was released, which said he had died of pneumonia and his tox screen had actually come back fairly clean. I don't want to say it was clean. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. But like it wasn't, a, it's clearly it wasn't an overdose by yes. any means, right? Um, yeah. So
1: he, as I said, had been struggling with drugs and alcohol the majority of his life. Uh, he is quoted as saying that he smoked his first joint on the set of The Lost Boys. And he had actually been trying to get clean at the time of his death, which makes it extra sad. Yeah, that is sad. Especially because a lot of people used his death initially as a big jump-off point to promote, uh, like, the end of drugs and drug control and stuff like that. But that's not even how he died, so, eh. Okay. But he, the movie he did before the Lost Boys, I want to say, so he was 14 during Lost Boys. And I think the one he did before that, uh, I can picture the name of it in my head, but I can't think of it. Um, It's one word. I think it had Charlie Sheen in it. But anyways, that's when he started drinking and he was only 13. Jesus. Yeah. So if that tells you what it's like to be a... Kids star in the 80s Meh. or in general Ooh. I guess that's not in general just because that's not singular to just him of course and child actors his nicknames on IMDb are listed as Space Ace and the <laughs> Hamster
0: <laughs> the Hamster what is up that's so funny I love it I would add that would turn into hamster around my friends though and that's it would just go downhill <laughs> all I was thinking was hamsters So oh, okay cool so there you go in 2020,
1: a documentary film called My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys. So that tells you Damn, that's, that's fucking dark. <laughs> uh, goes into detail about the industry and sexual abuse. So Corey mm-hmm. Feldman, who was also in this movie, him and Corey Haim became best friends. This was their first movie together. And they did like another 14 movies together.
0: Yeah, they did a lot of stuff together.
1: Uh, but Corey Feldman has been a longtime outspoken advocate raising awareness about sexual abuse in child actors and that he was advocating way before, like, the Harvey Weinstein horror that really brought, like, the ugliness of the industry to light. Right. And he made his documentary and says that both Cory's, I guess, were sexually abused by several men in the 80s. And it goes into, like, very dark, gruesome detail. Uh... But that, if that's true, uh, Haim never said that aloud to anyone. That's reported it. This was all came out after his death. So like it's alleged. Yes, yeah, I'm not allegedly. I'm sure that it probably happened. Unfortunately, but that would also kind of explain why he was driven to drugs and alcohol at such a young age. Hmm. Uh, on a brighter side. <laughs> <laughs> he was the subject I mean Corey Haim sorry was the subject of a song by an Irish band named The Thrills and the song was titled Whatever Happened to Corey Haim because he was just really big for a long like he was a coveted child actor in the 80s oh, yeah. early 90s and mm-hmm. then he got really into drugs and I think he just kind of fell off a little bit he also uh, fell into bankruptcy and I think at the time of his death he was broke And a bunch of people tried to donate money to pay for his funeral costs, but it was already covered by something else. Um, Oh, interesting.
0: Life insurance, maybe, or something.
1: Yeah, he did not live a happy life. Uh, He did date Alyssa Milano from 87 to 90.
0: Lucky bastard, I want to date her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He had two wins for Young Artist Awards, and among his nominations are two for his role in The Lost Boys. Makes sense. He was in Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies, in an uncredited role as a museum burglar. He was also an uncredited biker gang member in Batman and Robin.
0: Ah, that's hilarious. Probably one of those uh, glow-in-the-dark guys.
1: What you'll see also is that Joel Schumacher is another guy who works with actors continually.
0: Uh, which is, he, likes to, he likes to keep the same people around, basically. Yeah. Um, and well, that's let's, let's keep going on. Yeah, that's yeah, th- That's Corey story. Haim. Yep. Poor guy. Uh, well, on brighter notes... Sorry. On brighter notes, we get another beautiful human being of, um, Diane Wiest. She's back, and, uh, she plays the boy's mom, Lucy Emerson. Um, but, you know, we've talked about her for so many... In multiple different episodes, so you, you know who Diane Wiest is at this point, I hope.
1: It, I watched Edward Scissorhands for the first time, like, two weeks ago. Um, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and obviously I knew who Edward Scissorhands was, but I'd never watched
0: from beginning to end the movie. I... Excuse me? Yeah, she, uh, you've never fully... You didn't see... Edward Scissorhands, really? <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's near and dear to my heart. I mean, I only ever watched it when it was on TV, so it was like I was flipping through the channels and I found it. Uh, and... I guess that's fair. I never owned it until now, so... <laughs> yeah it's another one of her she's awesome she's beautiful i love her
1: anyways uh the comedic relief in this movie is often provided by the boy's grandfather played by bernard hughes he won a primetime emmy for a tv show that he was on that's basically all i got i didn't recognize any of the stuff he was in although he's well known
0: yeah the leader of the lost boys is probably like the um oh no I lied not the leader but um <clears throat> so the leader of the lost boys uh Max he, his name is Max he is played by Edward Herman. Herman sorry Herman apparently I just like hair um Edward Herman. sadly he died in De- on December 31st 2014 at the age of 71 that kind of be a shitty New Year's for your family I feel
1: I think he died of a heart attack or something heart related that's
0: even worse I know um, him
1: from playing the grandpa in Gilmore Girls. As soon as I saw him, I, I was like, oh, man, I know that guy. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, see, I didn't really know him for much. I never watched Gilmore Go- Gilmore Girls. But, yeah. He's, so Again, he's known for a bunch of other stuff.
1: I just, nothing that we recognize yeah. that pertains to. Again,
0: us. I didn't even watch Gilmore Girls. She knows this better than I do, so.
1: <laughs> and at the time of his death, his wife's name was Star. Which oh, maybe that. Oh, I found connections. Kind of ironic, coincidental. That is ironic. Is the well, yeah, yeah, coincidence.
0: Yeah, coinc- yeah okay. Um, You'll understand why in a minute <laughs> if you if you haven't seen this movie.
1: In *The Lost Boys*, the female love interest of Michael, her name is Star.
0: <laughs> Boom! Right there. There's your exclamation. Explanation. <laughs> ended with an exclamation explanation, explanation. Ex- exclamation god damn it an
1: explanation <laughs> with an exclamation there you go all right i can speak i swear stars played by jamie gertz uh, basically same thing um she had some other parts nothing really big unfortunately mm-hmm. she was in the movie twister uh she
0: oh, received man
1: a nomination and also was the winner for worst supporting actress because she wasn't way. she
0: the she was the naggy little girlfriend who doesn't chase twisters right the new fiance in twister
1: i don't know i thought it said she was a doctor or something but i i don't
0: know I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is it's like she was the new girlfriend he's trying to get a divorce from tornado chaser he goes and chases tornadoes and fall back in love with his wife i think that's how it goes tornado scares the shit out of me to be honest Oh. <laughs> I,
1: I feel so bad when people get nominated or win things for, like, worst parts. Because yeah, that's rough. It's not even the way that they portrayed it. It's just how it was written. And you're like, maybe it yeah. wasn't their fault. They uh,
0: tried. They did their best. And, of course, the red herring leader of the Lost Boys, whose name is David, he is played by none other than Kiefer Sutherland, who is probably, like, the most known out of all this movie. Um, <laughs> He's obviously been long in this in the in the uh, acting career he's done um he was in the flatliners remake he did the whole 24 series by Jack Bauer he was uh, a voice in monsters versus aliens um i mean he's been in the three musketeers which is uh, like the newer one which is really good
1: it's not a um, newer one
0: it's the 1993
1: well, version <laughs> i
0: yeah. guess i guess there have been newer ones made since then i guess that's the one i always go to though is the 1993 version it's yeah that's the one we always watch when we were kids though so that's my
1: favorite version it has tim curry in it
0: yeah yeah and that really is one of the best versions not gonna lie um but he was he was also in like photo booth and athos but or he was athos in the musketeers but um now i just want to go watch the musketeers man i i love that movie D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan! Yes, there you <gasps> it's go. one of my favorite moments, and I've always loved the name because of that fucking dude. <laughs> he does do a good job. Yeah, he does. His voice is so
1: high. Uh, so the minions of the of David. Lost Boys group, mm-hmm. I like guess.
0: The Lost Boys, I guess you could call them.
1: <laughs> Paul, Brooke McCarter. Okay, I think Brooke McCarter is the one who got hit by the director. Um, that I was talking Oh, about I think it was okay. Anyways, okay, he died December twenty second, twenty fifteen, at age fifty two. Fifty two. Uh, fifty two. Fifty two. Due to some sort of like liver disease that he had or disorder. Oh, bummer. Uh, there's also Dwayne, who played was played by Billy Worth. He was on an episode of Charmed as a warlock named Matthew
0: Tate oh I remember that episode it's yeah. dumb that I can remember it when I hear the name of the warlock that's the that's how you know we've watched that too many times I can
1: hear their ancestor Melinda Warren saying Matthew
0: I know uh, okay I, a, I love you
1: yeah uh, the other one is Marco who's played by Alex Winter he is Bill in Bill and Ted yeah
0: that's basically his his whole yeah deal. And then there's Laddie, and he's the he's the little boy that's, like, half vampire. He's played by Chance Michael Corbett. Um, he's honestly, like, he's one of the creepier, like, vampire-looking ones when he's a child because it's really creepy. Um, I thought
1: for sure he was going to be way older than he was because they've got him in, like, a confederate coat, like a child-sized confederate coat. Uh, yeah but he was on a milk carton as a missing boy so clearly he they were all fairly fresh vampires i don't think any of them were that old
0: yeah edgar frog was one of the vampire slaying comic book children um or comic book store children uh who was played by Corey feldman they had announced a goonies 2 in which he uh well they have announced a goonies 2 i guess which he will be in since he was in the first one. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, was gonna say I haven't that. heard anything from that, so. I
1: think that's just another one of them trying to play off the nostalgia of a generation. Uh, I don't know how More you th- would continue that story.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's also been in Stand By Me, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. He uh, he plays Tommy at the age of 12. He's also been in Gremlins, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Apparently he likes Jason. I don't. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, and then you get Alan Frog, who is played by Jameson Newlander, and then of course you get this beautiful, uh, beautiful saxophone concert scene, and you, you never see anything like this in new movies, to be honest. <laughs> but you get his name is Tim uh, Tim Capolo, and he actually plays uh, the saxophone. But he is the one you see all oiled up playing the saxophone on stage, and it's all passionate, and um, he's he's dancing with it and getting all weird, and it uh, kills it's called, me. I,
1: Oh, okay. Huh?
0: I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it's it's called "I Still Believe" the song, but
1: what kills me is it's like headbangers in the crowd, and he I know looks like he's supposed to be this like major rocker, and then he like pulls out a saxophone.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like he's super ripped and everything. Like he is, he's Fabio basically. Like I, that's how I compare him is he, like he looks somewhat like Fabio on like the covers of like the romantic novels, and he's just blowing this beautiful saxophone music. All these guys are having a great time and. I would love to see that on stage, to it's, be honest. It's eighties music, basically. But It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I
1: just yeah, I loved that it was they were like headbanging and then he'd pull out his saxophone and then he'd
0: go back. Well bang. and like he but it was so good though. It was, it was so a good, good
1: song. It's catchy. The soundtrack yeah. for this film, as I was so watching this movie, good. I was like,
0: Holy shit, this is an amazing soundtrack. That's one of my biggest reasons why I was like, You need to watch this. It's too good. So anyways. Oddly was yeah. Oh, you got this. I was going to say,
1: oddly enough, they did not get any awards for the soundtrack. I don't know if... I don't know Totally
0: should have. Totally should have. Yeah. But they did have three wins in uh, awards, which included Best Horror Film, Best Young Actor in Horror Motion Picture, and Teenage Favorite Horror Drama Motion Picture, although it's a horror comedy kind of thing. In addition, they did have five nominations for other things, but I mean, they did win ween they they won three things but i've been up since 4 a.m what do you want from me
1: it's a good movie it was received pretty well when it came out it's become a cult classic oh yeah and it kind of was used as inspiration for a lot of other vampire movies mm-hmm. films tv shows books things like that so yeah it's good He's good. So a very brief retelling, because there's not a whole lot of detail required for this Mm-mm. movie. But Michael and Sam move to the fictional city of Santa Carla, California, where people are constantly going missing. Michael immediately falls in love with this young woman named Star, who hangs out with a gang of motorcycle-riding ruffians who turn out to be vampires. Dun-dun-dun! They decide to turn Michael into a vampire as well, so he becomes a half-vampire, and his younger brother, Sam, is the one who figures it out, because he goes to a comic store, and the two Frog brothers give him comic books about vampires as a way of being like, dude, you live in a place with vampires.
0: He straight up is like looking at superhero comics, and they're like, "You need to read this comic." He's like, "I don't like horror comics." He's like, "They're like, you have to read this comic book," and then like shove it into his hand. He's like, "God damn it! All right." Basically,
1: all right. you get the idea that everybody knows there's vampires; they just ignore and, it. Kind of, like yeah, exactly. The Sunnydale idea: they all know something funky is going on, but they all just they live on it. a hell
0: mouth but they have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> or like, they know, but they don't know.
1: Um, lots of kids go missing every year, but uh we're just gonna ignore it. <laughs>
0: People are constantly dying. Our cemeteries are overgrown, but it's fine. Uh,
1: But anywho, Uh, they. Sam figures out that Michael is a half vampire and tells him, don't eat anyone or you'll become a vampire. The only way to save you and Star, who is also a half vampire, is to kill the father leader of this. Like the master. The sire, the main sire, correct? The Mm -hmm. master sire. So then there's like this huge killing spree of all the vampires. It's like the final big showdown. Dun, dun, uh. And then you find out that the real uh, master is a local electronic store owner who is dating Michael and Sam's mom. Uh, he had hoped to turn the boys in a way to convince their mom to join them as like his queen ruler of the group cuz so he was like they need a mother.
0: What a twist.
1: And they kill him. It all ends well, and it turns out, as we said, the grandfather knew about the vampires the whole time, and he just walks in and like g- grabs a coke from the fridge, and he's like, "Yeah, I always hated the vampires here," and they're all like, oh.
0: <laughs> <Couldn't> <laughs> "I know, you're us. like cool,
1: good, w- yeah, exactly, good fucking warning there, bro." And that's basically the movie. Um, yeah, I found out that there are two sequels to this. Yes, in addition to. A comic book series. So, I didn't watch these films. Um, I kind of don't want to because I feel like they're going to ruin it for me. Have you seen them?
0: Um, I have. I've seen the tribe. I have not seen the thirst. Um, but it's been a very long time since I've seen the tribe, so I don't remember it
1: Do in remember any sort of detail. Being like, "Ooh, that was good," or like, mm, "They probably shouldn't have made that."
0: I was young, but if I remember correctly, it was still kind of like, "Man, eh, I should have left it at one." yeah so
1: as she said it's called lost boys the tribe it came out in 2008 so it's 21 years after the events of the first film Mm -hmm. there's this new gang of vamps who are like really fancy surfers and they kill anyone who tries to challenge the motorcycles we're gonna surf now i know it's kind of it's weird uh the main characters of this one are Chris and Nicole Emerson who were cousins to Michael and Sam of the original movie. It's written and directed by completely different people. It does include Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog. He is a main character and it does have a scene with Corey Haim again uh, Jameson Newlander who's the other Frog brother also had scenes but they ended up getting cut before like the final release I wonder why um, I will tell you why Apparently, Sam has become a vampire and starts to fight with Edgar, which is, like, leaves the ending kind of ambiguously. Hmm. But there is an alternate ending where Edgar and Sam, who's a half-vampire at the time, join forces to take down the newest vampire master, who is Alan Frog, which is James and Newlander's part. Okay. And I think... It was kind of supposed to lead into a third film, but then Haim mm-hmm. died, so they cut those scenes and kind of redirected the third film.
0: Okay, I guess that makes sense.
1: And the third one is The Lost Boys, The Thirst, which is 2010.
0: <clears throat> so two years after.
1: And Edgar Frog went to a different town of California called San Cazador. With Sam's issue of Batman number 14, which was, like, a big deal in yeah. this movie, he visits his brother Alan, who is a half-vampire, and hoping to hunt down a new alpha vampire, they end up revealing that Edgar did end up killing Sam at the end of the last movie, and huh. his whole this whole movie is just him, like, struggling with that, killing his friend, and then remembering why he is
0: a vampire hunter to begin with oh okay
1: that's basically it
0: yeah his and and he's always wearing his bandana always got to have that bandana because those are there's always a scene in each of these movies where the boys tie the bandana around their heads and it's like a big shot where they like pull it tight (laughs) which
1: is very rambo and they actually call sam sambo
0: at some point in the film that's fucking hilarious and i did not pick up on that at all There is a Lost
1: Boys, The New Breed, which is a short that got released in 2018. And an indie boom explanation point is the name of the website. They called it a tribute fan film dedicated to the memory of Corey Haim and for fans of The Lost Boys. From what I understand, it's like vampires moved to New Jersey and it's just kind of re-kicks. It's like a spinoff. And then, as I said, there was a four- issue comic book series released in 2008 called the lost boys the reign of frog and it is set i want to say three years after the events of the first film and just kind of builds off of the frog brothers becoming like the vampire hunters at 14 apparently 14 i don't
0: know because that's the age to do it
1: 17 i guess (laughs) so uh but in that comic book series It gives you a little bit more of like a behind the scenes of what happened to them afterwards Hmm. so in the reign of frog they introduced the idea that grandpa was a vampire also he doesn't have a name his name is literally just grandpa yeah (laughs) that's what they call him Uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) was a vampire hunter who after the events of the, the first movie gets turned into a half vampire by the widow johnson Who he, like, has a dating trist It's like, yeah, I
0: was going to say, it's like who he's dating. He gets gets all pretty for her. It's pretty (laughs) cute.
1: Uh, He is living in her lair and I guess gets killed during a raid of which Edgar Frog ran or did himself. I'm not really sure how that went down. Hmm. But the idea is that this comic series is actually from Edgar's viewpoint so like at the end it reveals that he is telling this story to another kid and so the idea is that he might have exaggerated his story to seem cooler and that the grandpa never died Uh, the other idea is that the grandpa actually did marry the widow and they moved away and he asked Edgar to spread the story of his death as like a retirement safety net from vampire hunting. So people wouldn't pursue
0: him. Yeah because you, can, you can't get out of the vampire hunting business. Unless you die right? That's how it works. Basically. <laughs> uh, and then Sam
1: returns. Three years after the events of the first film. To help Frog Brothers fight a new threat. Uh, that is trying to hunt down Michael and Star. Which is. This is all part of the Reno Frog series. When Sam finds out about his grandfather's death. In the widow johnson's lair uh, he gets driven insane and goes into an insane asylum but
0: can i just say rain of frog is the funniest fucking name in the world it's it's rain and frogs that's all that's going on in my head right now hallelujah it's raining <laughs> rain rain
1: frogs. frogs
0: okay sorry just a little too there now you're gonna have it in your head all day it's raining vampires and frogs <laughs> That's an odd combination. We should get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Anyways. So, in that comic, Star... Not in that comic. Not in that comic, I'm sorry. Star in the novelization of the film, Star says David found her sleeping on a beach, which which would imply that she was indeed a runaway. So, at least he found her and didn't take her. Um... She comments later in the novelization that her father wished she'd never been born and her mother almost had almost killed her, but it doesn't, speci- it doesn't specify how or in what kind of circumstances, although it's very consequential, you know. Um, there had been nothing to do but run. She just had to get out of there. Uh, I mean, I her, would too
1: if my brother was trying to kill me.
0: Yeah, sure, I agree. Her internal mo- monologue states that she had been with the Lost Boys a couple of weeks ever since they had run away to Santa Carla. At some point, she drank the vampire blood, turning her into a half half vampire. It is possible she was tricked into it, like Michael was as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's what you get about her from the novelization of this.
1: And that's pretty much all the backstories in the comic book series. All you really learn about Michael is that he and Star did indeed like kind of end up together, and that was it. Yeah. Then there's the missing posters. So throughout the beginning of the film, you see people posting missing posters of a bunch of people because they're trying to lay the groundwork of there's vampires in the area. shit ton of <laughs> people are missing. And like, what are you going to do about it? So yep. I took a screenshot of the missing posters. And the only ones that I could read. <laughs> uh, so the milk carton that Michael has, has the laddie. Thompson on it, and he is the little boy who is also a half-vampire. Yeah. And according to the wiki page for this movie, some fans believe that David had Laddie made into a vampire as a ploy to keep Star in the gang. They didn't want her to run off, and playing off of her maternal instincts, I guess, they were like, let's bring a child.
0: She was the closest to the To him in that like the whole movie anyway. She's always around him, always taking care of him, kinda like that. And so at least you get that idea. And it's fairly portrayed.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And she I think is the only reason that Laddie doesn't become a full-fledged vampire, because she's like, whatever you do, like don't drink them, and she protects him and keeps him from becoming a a real vampire. Yeah. At the end of The Lost Boys, he along with stars turned back into a human and apparently He goes on to become a vampire hunter, and that becomes apparent in the third movie when Alan Frog asks him to help them defeat whatever big thing, big bad is in that one. Yeah. Uh, And he is said to have had his own wife and kids at that point and moved on. So that's good. Good for him. Happy endings.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of other missing posters on the boardwalk, but you can't get, like, a good, like, clear detail of them. I think you really only get to see, like, one of them, right?
1: Yeah, so the only one that wasn't super blurry, and it might just be because I was doing this, like, on my phone screenshotting. (laughs) It's a photo, or it's a, sorry, it's a page that has two different children on it. One -hmm. of them is named William G. Bailey, and the other other one is Susan Wilbur. I had hoped, like we always do, that these were named intentionally uh, like off of crew or something mm-hmm. from what i can tell they weren't but no nope. uh in the 1988 movie wax work after i've never seen this so this is just something that i read yeah <laughs> so i don't know what this is referring to um, after the policeman visits the wax work with a character named mark he realizes that many of the statues of the victims resemble missing people from posters he had seen these posters are copies of these ones that are seen in The Lost Boys. So all of the missing posters all of the the pissing posters is what I basically just said. Oh, that's a different one. (laughs) (laughs) All of the missing person posters have a single photo of a missing adult but the posters all have the same information of two missing children. William G. Bailey born seven twenty six sixty two, and s- uh, he's described With as... With sandy blonde hair. <laughs> yep, he's described as having sandy blonde hair, brown eyes, missing since August 6, 1979 or 73 depending on the poster. Uh, and then it says, like, call the Santa Carla Police Department, Susan Wilbur, five... Oh, and then the other one is Susan Wilbur, born 5-30-69. She's described as having black hair, blue eyes. That's a rare combination i think very rare since february 6 1983 uh so they reused those posters i haven't seen them anywhere else i couldn't find any other link to that i guess they just created them they were just there
0: at the time and so the new the new director of the waxworks movie was just like yeah fuck it we'll use them (laughs) uh
1: and then I think in that movie, they try and play homage to some other ones, some other movies, but they aren't able to get the rights to some of them. So like I said, I've never seen it, but I think the goal of that movie was to reference other horror films. Right. Uh, Of the other posters, too blurry, couldn't read them, more children. There is a poster of the cop who goes missing at the very beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. I uh, I think his wife is probably posting it.
0: So that's kind of sad. But, yeah. That's it. That's all I got for that. Boom. So, if you're curious about any of the comic books that are in the movie that they talk about, you don't get a lot of detail from the comic books. They're just like, you need to read this comic, and you need to read this comic. Um, So, they talk about destroy all vampires and vampires everywhere, which just seem to be props. So, you know. They do have, um, in the corner, it says, um...
1: The publishing company that now I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. The hiccups.
0: Every time we're I get the hiccups. I know. It's either you or me, man.
1: It says the publisher on it, but now I can't remember the name of it, and I forgot to write it down. But it's a real comic book publishing company, but it has nothing to do with these comics, like you said. They're yeah. Just props. People. Have they're just props. Remade the comic books because I guess. The prop was released online and so people have made copies of it to sell hmm. uh, I didn't find anything about what's in it exactly but basically it's meant to just be like a vampire hunting guide
0: book that the frog brothers use that makes sense um, they always al- <clears throat> also they always talk about the Batman 14 comic that's the bigger one the number 14 comic well as World War 2 II- World War II raged on, the book was published by DC in uh, October 10th, 1942 and postdated for January 1943. Um, it's not as rare as it seems but it still may be worth roughly about $5,000 so i take that money. Yeah,
1: it's not nearly as much as they make it sound like in the movie.
0: But No, yeah, they make it sound like it's super, super, super rare and expensive but like, I mean I'd still take $5,000 in a heartbeat. So, I want to say it's
1: like a five or six comic series um but it does include Batman and Robin fighting Nazis of course yeah stuff like that yeah it's just funny because Joel Schumacher references Batman heavily in this movie and then goes and he's on the one that directs the two <laughs> direct some Batman movies so he was clearly, I think he likes Batman yeah he was clearly already a fan <laughs> he was laying yeah. groundwork. groundwork <laughs> oh yeah and then, so the vampires man yeah so we're not gonna go heavy into the lore of vampires because i feel like there are other movies
0: everybody knows everybody knows the lore or some of the lore and there's just so much of it i mean so it's yeah. there's plenty that we could go into but there's
1: i just feel like there's other movies that are better suited to talk about the history of vampires
0: you know i would agree
1: so we're only going to talk about what vampires are in this film series and my first thought watching this movie was, holy shit, these look just like the vampires
0: in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also, another reason I told you to watch this movie is you would you would like the vampire look the same way I do. So, it's got like that, scra- that scrunched brow and stuff. Yeah, and the eyes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep, see, I get it. I knew. I knew.
1: So, <laughs> Joss Whedon, who is the director, producer, producer, I can't talk. To producer. You. Director, producer, okay. brain monster of buffy the vampire slayer. He is quoted as saying that he did use this movie as like an inspiration and a reference and that his Spike character is influenced by this movie, the characters in this movie.
0: And if you know anything about me, you know that my man is Spike. I'm a Spike girl. She is he's an angel girl. Spike is beautiful and I got to meet James Marsters and I told him that I was in love with him since I was five years old and he gave me the biggest hug and it was probably one of the most gratifying moments of my life.
1: I was thinking um, two things. One, I've decided that I am neither an angel or a Spike person Oh, because I think Buffy is just meant to be alone forever that's just her. you know i mean like i would line. agree
0: that agree with that i'm just like i'm obs- I, I was obsessed with spike as a child neither, like i was so madly in love with that man
1: neither one of them are good peoples no um, two i wonder if james marsters watched this movie i obviously he had seen it it's a big movie but i yeah. wonder if he watched this movie with the intent of uh copying trying their... to like
0: pull some of the character idea and stuff
1: yeah yeah their whole vibe going on
0: yeah God, now I just want to watch Spike to, battle I'm gonna, people. <laughs> I'm going to divert real quick because
1: we're talking about Okay. It. Uh, okay. So the vampires in this movie, too, I love them because there's so much character in them. I know! They're like, they're funny, they're still, like, personable, and they have character, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Personality. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, they have personality, yeah. uh, they, like, joke around with Michael, but they're also, like, oddly welcoming and i could yeah they're like
0: they're like brotherly and it's it's very interesting to look at it that way but it's really good like once they accept you you're like in you know
1: and the way that he's talking to him there's a part where he's hanging from the bottom of a train yeah railway bridge thing and he's like being genuinely kind to him david is being to michael who's a half vampire at this point He's being like, dude, it's okay. You can trust he's me. He's like, just let go. It's like, fine. You're going to be okay. Um, but it's, He's, like, so sincere. And I know that yeah. the idea is that vampires really, like, they don't have a soul. They can't be, you know, whatever. But right. they, just, they do such a great job of making them actual characters and personality. You don't hate them completely. Like, they're evil, but you don't hate them. Much right. like vampires and Buffy, they have personality and they grow on you. Even though you know they're evil. So I loved that aspect. Because they don't really even have a lot in this movie. But it comes across. So it's cool. Watch the movie.
0: You'll get it. As we know, vampires like to drink blood, obviously. That's how they survive. And so in this movie, um, you become a half vampire or a ghoul by drinking vampire's blood. And uh, you must kill to become a full... A full vampire you actually see this in a couple of different um different series and movies with like uh interview with the vampire or vampire diaries i think in buffy you have to be completely drained right and then buried yeah you have to yeah you have to die they they like fully drain you and then they put the and then they give you their blood and that's when you come back and then i think in that uh true blood i think is what it's called tv series it's, like, way more, more complicated. Yeah, see, I, they can also, I, I don't know, Jay didn't watch True Blood. I definitely didn't, and <laughs> I could not tell you. It's been a long time, but, yeah, it's, like, way more complicated. I don't know. but anyway. Yeah, um, there's, like, an explanation for this kind of a way in Interview with the Vampire as well, so, like, if you want to go searching for it, which is a great movie, anyway.
1: Do you know what the explanation is?
0: Um, I don't know the book does it better Anne Rice <clears throat> It's an Anne Rice book Um, I don't know it off the top of my head It's been a minute since I've actually watched the movie But they do explain like How you become a vampire Because of this reason Or uh, not this reason But this way Kind of thing and that's just how it's done
1: I think it was on a Buffy Facebook page I follow Uh, They started talking about why vampires are like weakened by the sun or something or someone asked that and I think that is a
0: good question
1: (laughs) I think it's explained in interview with a vampire again um, but there was like this debate because people were like oh go read Bram Stoker's Dracula and people were like oh in in Dracula you can go out during the day it's just that they're like weaker in a way yeah um I'm trying to, I bet it's described in Penny Dreadful, but I can't think
0: of why. Ugh, that's a, you know, that's a good idea. Penny Dreadful would probably know everything. But, yeah, no one could really agree as to why.
1: Just except that uh, it's just a lore that got created to make them, one, have an immunity, but two, just extra spooky because they're supposed to be like evil and evil is associated with dark and night and things like that
0: yeah um I know it's during like the interview part with uh Brad Pitt in interview with the vampire where it explains it and why because he like straight up talks about all of a vamp- like the vampire's life and how he went through his life and why and all this stuff it's really a great movie and a great book um minus Tom Cruise is just Tom Cruise guys I Agree. so yeah anyways on the blood topic <laughs> There you go. Hope you're not queasy. <laughs> uh,
1: the vampire's appearance varies from fil- film to film of those, like, three that they made for this series, I guess.
0: Hmm.
1: While Max, who is the main guy, the main master in this film, and his quote-unquote sons resemble typical vampires, Shane Powers, in his tribe's appearance, who I believe shane is the evil guy in the second movie the tribe maybe i think so um they looked different and i'm sure that in reality it's just everyone's personal perceptions (laughs) on how they envision uh, the vampires to look like it's a director choice but Mm -hmm. people created a whole like canonical i guess backstory as to why everyone looked different so interesting (laughs) Since Shane's first meal and his first kill as a vampire was a shark and not a human, he would be considered something called a karooch or a karoosh.
0: That's what I would assume.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A karoosh is either a vampire who fed off an animal during their, quote, first hunger instead of a human or an animal that has been turned into a vampire, which apparently can happen.
0: That's weird.
1: (laughs) It is said that a Kroosh begin to resemble and act like their are non-human prey after a while, which may explain why Shane and the rest of his tribe look so odd and different. Alan Frog supposedly only fed off animal blood, but his, quote, victims, and he's in the third movie, I think is when you see him, mm-hmm. were mostly warm-blooded and non-living, which... In Supernatural, that wouldn't have been possible, right? Because they use the dead man's blood, whether
0: it's warm or not. Is that how that works? Mm. Um. Thank goodness. Uh, dead man's. Well, in certain places, like dead man's blood will kill the vampire. So. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know
1: if they specified whether it had to be fresh or not.
0: But... <laughs> I would assume so, because, yeah, in a lot of lore, it's. You, you drink it until it's dead, but you don't drink the dead. Person's blood or will kill you.
1: So I guess if it's warm, it's still <clears throat> fresh. I
0: guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would assume. Cause. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just remembering little pieces of interview with a vampire that has like all these little p- hints and like shows you what happens. Like the like uh the little girl gives Tom Cruise a uh, dead boy's blood, and he gets all sick and like starts like de- like decaying almost.
1: Oh yeah, it is in that movie too, huh? uh so so yeah yeah, i lost my spot give me a second (laughs) you're good um okay it is possible that feeding off a cold-blooded creature instead of a human or warm-blooded creature deformed the tribe's experience but appearance
0: what did i say Uh, experience Meh. same thing (laughs) close close enough I Uh, guess they do look kind of funny like their noses look really weird almost like pig noses bat noses that's maybe they're going for are you looking at alan frog or shane i'm looking at the blonde one i honestly don't know right now um let's search for shane uh okay no i was not looking at shane although i mean it's the same idea they have like the bat nose style you know that you see a lot of like anyways it's- it's got the curved up nostrils. Moral of the story,
1: because Max and his kids, or whatever you want to call them, minions, Mm-hmm. Drank up humans, they looked more human-y, I guess. Okay. Alright. Fair. And that's basically as far into that lore-type stuff we're gonna go. Uh, yeah.
0: There's a lot of different places it can lead, and it's just too much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think if we were going to go into like the background of vampires, I'd want to do it with a movie like Interview with a Vampire or something where they actually give, you know. Their... Yeah,
0: and it would be a lot of detail, a lot. So it'd be an extra long episode compared to this. So,
1: yeah. you know. It would make sense because they give their version of the history and stuff like that.
0: I think it would be a really fun idea to do that movie and to do that so we can do it in the future someday, maybe. Hints here and there. There you go. Teaser. <laughs> So, uh as always vampires have powers and abilities and um extra cool things that make them cool. Like immortality. They stay young forever. That's always There's... a given no matter where you look. They're always immortal. It... Yeah, no matter what. Um a lot of them will have like super strength. Um they'll be extra strong. And they can always run super fast. They've got like the stamina of I want to say a cheetah, but <laughs> I don't know if that Anyways, they got a they got stamina like nobody like nobody else. But well, um... cheetahs aren't necessarily.
1: I wouldn't. Just I mean, they're really them. fast, but they don't run a
0: lot. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a difference between
1: stamina and speed.
0: Anyways, well, they've got a lot of stamina. They also have fangs, and a lot of the time they'll have talons. Their their fingernails will sometimes change, or they'll just have like extra long, sharp fingernails. It's kind of weird sometimes. Some of them that are portrayed get really weird. <laughs> like gets they get like extra long like fingers and stuff. I don't know. Like but, Nos- um, isn't that
1: what Nosferatu looks like?
0: Yeah, exactly. He's got like he's his his fingers are elongated, sharp claws and stuff like that. Um and I mean most of them are able to fly whether they turn into a bat cuz that's what happens in some lore's. And... I wonder if
1: their fingernails Are like tree trunks, where like if you trim their nails, you could like count the rings (laughs) of how old they are of a vampire. Because I feel like, not specific to this one, but in a lot of them, they're portrayed as like the longer you're a vampire, the more like monster-like you start to look. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why Nosferatu looks totally different.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, and man, there'd be a lot of rings and a little finger. I mean, like not a little fingernail, but like still that's a lot of rings to count i feel like it'd be near impossible (laughs) depending on how old they are i guess but um
1: going back to what you said about the bat thing in this movie they do not turn into bats right i didn't see it doesn't really show them flying it shows them like scoop in and pick up yeah but you don't see them like flying through the sky yeah there's (laughs) yeah
0: there's there's no invisible cord um but like what we do in the shadows like the movie and the TV show they literally go bat and they turn into a bat and fly away so they have to say bat and so like there's all these different things i don't know It's to each his own i guess um but a lot of them also have mental powers so they have they're, they're able to uh you know prey on others they and all the mental powers vary from vampire and breed and individual and storyline <laughs> there's always so many different kinds of mind power or mental powers they have but um the vampires in santa carla are capable of affecting like machines and electricity um kind of like david and his brother while others such as max are able to control hellhounds um to guard them while they sleep so, like they're protected while they're vulnerably um sleeping <laughs> um but they also are capable of mesmerism. Is that is that a real word? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, for example, vampires is the they can hypnotize the human prey, and so again, just makes it easier to prey on them. So.
1: So, I have a question. Uh huh. The, the Chinese food. Do you think it was maggots and worms, or do you think that's just what they made
0: him see? They totally just made him see that to play with his head and then um, we're like, here, drink this. Because <laughs> they were eating it. So I was like, maybe
1: it really is maggots and worms, but they made him see that it was rice and noodles and then they turned it back to the real thing just to fuck with him and then made it look again like rice and worms.
0: And then he was. Drinking. That'd be that'd be like extra messed up.
1: <laughs> I mean, like they were just fucking with him the whole time, anyways.
0: Yeah, I think. Okay, what I personally think is it. It was normal food, um, and then he made him think it was maggots, convinced him that he can control it, like he can, basically, tell him what to think or see, and then turn it back into the food, and then it was like, hey drink this. You can do this too, maybe.
1: So maybe it was kind of like a test to see if they could exactly. even manipulate him enough to make him drink the
0: blood wine stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's ideas. I don't know. I There's no explanation. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I think between that scene or the majority of them came from that scene, but his name, Max, not Max, uh, Michael, Mm -hmm. it's said like over a hundred times in this film partially because of that scene but also because his little brother says it over and over and over and over again
0: he yells it a lot
1: (laughs) but um vampires have weaknesses um
0: yeah with powers and abilities comes weaknesses (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh garlic it's, so yeah, everybody ones, knows that. Uh, <laughs> these ones are specific
1: to this movie, so these aren't. Yes. of course, all of them. But the ones you There see are a movie. lot. <laughs> uh, UV light. They have mm-hmm. to be invited in.
0: I like that rule, <laughs> not rule, but like I like that weakness. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There, it's in that too.
1: But that doesn't apply to half vampires apparently, because Star just like. Flies yeah, she was in. in the
0: house, and so was the little one. Yeah. Okay. So.
1: Uh, Holy water by the way that scene where it's i think it's a where wedding
0: they just, yeah where they no no it was just a uh oh it might have been a baptism
1: wedding. or something it's some sort it of was ceremony. a baptism
0: that's what it was it was a baptism and they just walk in and steal a bunch of fucking holy water
1: and then i fuck. think that'd be
0: hilarious to see
1: <laughs> uh stake through the heart decapitation obviously who wouldn't that kill
0: Blah blah blah. <laughs> michael myers just kidding
1: uh fire and scattered ashes but now that i'm thinking about it i don't think garlic is actually a weakness because there's that whole scene i think it's when they're the two frog brothers are fighting um which one is it i don't know one of the minions
0: paul in the in the bathroom
1: yeah and he's like that doesn't work on us and they're like okay holy water and then they shove him into the bathtub aren't they putting garlic in his face
0: yeah, they, well, yeah, I think so. Okay, so m- garlic, I don't think applies So to maybe garlic, yeah, may- maybe garlic is just the myth that all of us want to believe, but don't believe, or that shouldn't believe.
1: There was one vampire that was allergic to garlic, and it just, it worked that one time.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love garlic, personally, though, so at least I know I'm not a vampire. Boom! I put there's garlic a- in everything.
1: There's a book that I would highly recommend called, uh, I think it's... Southern guide to vampire slaying or something. Okay. And at the end it's like a weird take on a vampire. It's not a traditional vampire like this. But at the end they talk about how they aren't able to scatter like ashes. They can't cremate this particular vampire they find. Oh, spoiler alert, I'm gonna give a tiny bit oh. of this story.
0: Um <laughs> but <laughs> so
1: they they hide it in a cemetery and they're like every time we walk by it you can hear the body parts like moving around because they chopped mm. it up and all that and i was like mm-hmm. it's pretty fucked up
0: but that yeah, cool. sounds about it yeah
1: <laughs> but it makes you wonder Kinda why cool. kind of weird decapitation is considered i guess it's a weakness it doesn't kill them never mind answered my own question
0: boom there we go and I mean that's basically it yep yeah. I mean in this movie at least there's there's always with every fucking vampire there's always different lore so anyways to the graveyard we go let's let's go down memory lane of everybody who died and in what way <laughs> <laughs> Because we're so happy and glorified about this.
1: Yeah, we do those, like, New Orleans parades. Yeah. people die.
0: Yep. All right. So, number one, it's Vernon Beasley. He's the uh, boardwalk security officer that you see who gets lifted into the sky and uh, obviously eaten by the Lost Boys. Um, or you hope, at least. Then you get Greg, who's that little boy in the car, and he's pulled out of the car and eaten by the Lost Boys. Most of these are just going to say eaten by the Lost Boys, so we're just going to assume. Unless I say otherwise. Fair enough. Uh, this is there's the uh, there's Shelley who is the other girl in the car. She gets pulled out of the car and continued on. Um, six surf Nazis, because you know that's a thing. Uh, they're eaten in various ways and cremated by the Lost Boys. And then there's Marco Davies who is staked in the heart by Edgar Frog. Paul who is dissolved in holy water by Nanook. Because he's a badass. That dog is awesome. Can I just say go for the dogs? There's a dog in this movie, not a cat, but a dog.
1: Sure. There's a couple of dogs. One of them's good, one
0: of them's not so good. Yeah. Anyways. Uh Nan is it nanok or Nanook? I think it's nanok Um,
1: I think it's pronounced Nanook.
0: Nanook. Anyways. He's cool. He's a cute dog anyway. Uh Dwayne gets his head and hands blown off blown off after being shot by Sam Emerson causing him to land on a stereo uh, David Powers he is the 8th to die and he gets impaled on antlers uh, by Michael Emerson which is awesome and I always love seeing things that are like hanging on walls and then a person getting impaled on it <laughs> it reminds me of Freaky when he like puts that thing in the wall and then pulls her up and throws her on it and obviously Halloween and everything like That's that. That's right. But... He
1: does throw the spear in, and then picks her up and puts it on her. I forget. Uh-huh. I forget about that.
0: The only reason I remember it so well is just because like I really liked that. I thought it was funny. Um, and then the last to die is obviously Max, who is staked and thrown into the fire, and that makes all the half vampires go back to humans. I almost said vampires. The whole three that are
1: that we see. Who knows if there were more out there?
0: Yeah with how long uh, everybody seemed to know about vampires and not care about it in santa carla there's got to be others
1: apparently so uh that was all of our like in movie notes moving on to real life so in case you didn't know santa carla is not a real place in california it is fictional right yes okay
0: i always get those confused
1: i have to ask connor He's eight and he knows I don't
0: I can never get them so <laughs> I hard. I remember it by the opposite way. Fictional means it's not real and non-fictional means it's real. <laughs> it's stupid. We should re- we should change that. Uh,
1: but it was actually filmed in Santa Cruz, California in one of the missing poster things you see at the beginning. There's actually I think it's an orange poster that says October 15, 1985, Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds. Ha, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> The Santa Carla Beach Boardwalk is an oceanfront amusement park in Santa Cruz. It is California's oldest surviving amusement park and one of two seaside parks on the west coast of the United States, with the other being the Santa Monica Pier, which I think is one of the more common ones in movies that you see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The roller coaster that you see in this film is called the Giant Dipper, and it first opened in 1924. Damn. Could not pay me to go on that nope
0: and the <laughs> it car- reminds me of the white roller coaster that thing is already scary enough
1: I know the wood ones are like extra yeah I don't know extra the carousel that you see at the beginning that the lost boys are romping through happily I don't mm-hmm. know it first opened in 1911 and you used to be able to snag I think they were wood rings at the time and there's a thing in the middle while you're going around, you can try and throw these rings into it, like a mouth. Uh, they huh. still do that, but now they're like steel rings. Interesting. Some locations used in the film, such as the outside amphitheater, where Timmy Capello sang "I
0: Still Believe." Yeah, the that's not awesome. the song, but <laughs> I just thought no, like I, but, to sing I that. mean, like, well, his his saxophoning is absolutely amazing. So, uh,
1: and then Joe Ferrara's Atlantis Fantasyland comics where they talk about Batman 14 mm-hmm. they were unfortunately destroyed in the
0: 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake oh interesting that's unfortunate damn earthquakes I have I have the worst PTSD from the one single earthquake I have ever been in um in Utah and that was terrifying it was a 5.7 earthquake last year and I was in a building that was in a sky bridge and I was on that bridge and um I was not okay. <laughs> Everything was fine. My my mental ability was not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope to never experience any natural disaster. They're just there's no that, control and I No, that's my biggest
0: that. fear. Yeah, it you can't do anything. There's no control. Like it sounded like a freight train was going through my building. All the lights shut off. Everything was shaking. Like I was so scared. Apparently, military bases are only built
1: in tornado areas. And- oh. <laughs> So we have a lot of like tornado
0: warnings Which is never that's fun That's horrifying but... The movie the movie Twister scares the shit out of me The flying cow, so scary Yeah, there's just I... there's
1: no control Speaking of natural disasters uh, This film is said to be inspired by Peter Pan
0: I was like a natural disaster I don't know, someone's
1: kids went missing That would be a natural disaster You know,
0: that's true, that's fair I do love Peter Pan <laughs> And the Lost Boys, what do you know? They're called the Lost Boys um, that would only make sense with uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys.
1: There's articles where it draws parallels between the characters and people from Peter Pan. There's a spooky-ass version of Peter Pan that says he used to kill the Lost Boys when they got to a certain age and then replace them.
0: Whoa. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's scary. But according, Interesting. Now I want to look that up. I don't know if it's the Grimm Brothers version or what. Oh, I have the Grimm brothers book. I need. I guess I should go looking for that story. I don't know,
1: but according to an Empire article titled "The Lost Boys," Joel Schumacher on the making, on making the coolest vampire movie of all time. Uh, this article is from 2020. Said James Jeremias was a first-time screenwriter working as a grip on a different studio movie when he had the idea for The Lost Boys. He said, quote, I had read Anne Rice's A.W. the Vampire, and in there was a 200-year-old vampire trapped in the body of a 12-year-old girl. Uh, shout out Reese Witherspoon. Nope, not Reese Witherspoon. Nope. Not Kirsten even Dunst. Yep, Kirsten Dunst. I don't know why I just said Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Rice. I, I,
0: love Kier- I love Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I had
1: the name Rice in my head, and she's blonde. But anyway. Oh, that's fair. Since Peter Pan had been one of the one of my all-time favorite stories I thought what is the reason Peter Pan came out at night and never grew up and could fly was because he was a vampire question mark (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not it at all but it's an idea that brought us this movie so I won't complain yeah you know that's fair Um, in the original draft the kids were meant to be in like 5th or 6th grade no Yeah, something like that. And then the Vampire Gang, they were like 12 and 13 as well or something. Like, they were babies. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for real. The first, it was supposed to be more PG, and it was very much like the Goonies, and it got shut Mm -hmm. down by quite a few people because of that. Uh, But Schumacher read the original script and said, yeah, if we like adult this up a little bit, I'm totes on board. Just like that, he said it, I'm sure. Verbatim. Yep. (laughs) Um, so schumacher did say quote charming and adorable and very g-rated the farthest thing that could be in my consciousness he was going to turn it down but then went for a run (laughs) who runs and a (laughs) wave of ideas hit him instead of a cave he thought that the vampires could live in an old victorian hotel that had crumbled into the san andreas fault during the 1906 earthquake so that's basically where that, their little lair came from. And thus, the Lost Boys as we know it today was born.
0: Boom ba doom
1: Oh yeah, okay, I did, I wrote it down. Uh, the vampires were originally meant to be 5th or 6th graders, and the Frog Brothers were supposed to be like 6 or 8 year old Cub Scouts.
0: That's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: I don't like that. My kid's 8, there's no way
0: that he could... Be adult enough to do those kind of things <laughs> yeah a lark is six there's no chance in hell
1: i'm also wondering how it ended um did they because it's pg so it probably wasn't like super
0: murdery of these 13 year old vampires so who knows hmm.
1: maybe they just like trapped them somewhere <laughs>
0: They just he's, he's locked in a cave somewhere
1: they've made buffy into children's books I don't know if you know that. Oh my god, you're
0: right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, I try to forget about it. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was only meant to wear black gloves when riding the motorbike. However, uh, he was messing around on the bike behind the scenes, fell off, and broke
0: his wrist. <laughs> Go figure.
1: Which is why he had to wear the gloves throughout the whole movie because he
0: had to cover up his cast. Well, I mean, at least they had a good way to cover it up. But I mean, that's it worked out. Yeah, Yeah, it did.
1: Last but not least, Schumacher had a few ideas for sequels before this 2008 version came out. Uh, That's The Tribe. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: According to an article on Screen Rant, we do love a good Screen Rant article around here. (laughs) Originally, the concept was dubbed The Lost Boys, The Beginning, and was a prequel set in San Francisco in 1906, so basically explaining the San Cruz fault thing. Centering on how David and his group became vampires, Hmm. Schumacher soon switched his idea and thought of the Lost Girls, which would star Drew Barrymore and Rosanna Arquette.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, And then none of them came to fruition, and we were given the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. I would have much rather enjoyed a prequel. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. But that would have also only made the vampires 80 years old not like 200 years old or anything like that right that is it that's our movie
0: boom it's a good movie i liked it and i'm really really glad you liked it
1: i did not gonna I, lie so i love the hair and the clothes and the way they talk and the music that's yeah, nice yeah
0: the music is wonderful i can't get over it it's still i'm still surprised it didn't win anything for that
1: i mean i don't know what soundtrack stuff is maybe it has to have like an original track on it or something
0: I don't know. Yeah, it can't be like something that... Okay, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what that goes... Hmm. Hmm. Things to look into.
1: But... Just a reminder that you can get entries into our raffle by liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram or Facebook at
0: horror underscore cats underscore witch hats.
1: (laughs) If you like... Both a Facebook and an Instagram for the same post, uh, you'll get two entries one for each one. Oh, I forgot. Someone commented, we did a Instagram post about... An, uh, it was about the mis- Lost Boys. Misleading yeah. synopses.
0: It was Victorian underscore ghoul. She said, young comic book geek isn't a fan of his older brother's new friends after moving to a new house. <laughs> I'll take it. I like it. It works. Very it's very G rated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is the PG version of the Goonies version of this movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is that's the version where um it's like the Peter Pan style. That's what it is right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. I love it. Thanks, Shelby. You're the best. Let's see, the Lost Boys
1: misleading. A gang of boys get lost in
0: California done nailed it (laughs) hooligans go to amusement park everybody doesn't like them we don't know where they went boom
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's Uh, over
0: lots of people
1: missing in california in the 80s and there's some ruffians hanging a boot um a boot sounds like modern day california there you go nailed it yeah right there we're not good at this we shouldn't do that anymore no
0: not yeah. unless we have prep time.
1: The other prep one was, time, cool. The other one I was gonna do was like I think it's add a word to change the title of a movie or change a word. Oh, oh, something, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where
0: you like add. yeah, see, so, so it'd be like if you wanted to add the word like dumbass, you'd be like the lost dumbass or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's add a word though, not change a word. So you'd be like eat the lost oh.
0: boys or <laughs> e- eating the lost boys. There you go. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, stuff
1: like that. We'll do that for another one. But, okay. anywho, you can also email us cat pictures, reviews, recommendations, the movie you want to hear next at
0: horrorcatswitchhats at com. It's all, all single one word right there for you.
1: Um, I think our next movie is the one that comes out October 15th. And boop, boop, boop. that will be Halloween... kills Kills. it's
0: the brand new halloween that's coming out
1: we're gonna go see it we're gonna do some quick notes and then we're gonna put out an episode so go watch it so that we don't spoil anything
0: for you yeah man i'm really excited for it i'm not gonna lie yeah i have avoided i've avoided every trailer like, I went to the movies to see... uh I don't remember what I was seeing. Oh, I seen Candyman. And it's a trailer, obviously, in the Candyman. So I sat there, and I plugged my ears, and I started, like, humming to myself, and I probably annoyed the entire theater, but I didn't really care, because I'm not ruining that movie for myself.
1: Side note, uh just because you talked about the Candyman, I did end up seeing that James Wan movie, Malignant. It's on HBO.
0: It's so good. It's so weird. It's so weird, but it's, like, it's... I think it's really good. I found it very interesting. Yes, I could... I could tell what was gonna happen in certain things and like obviously like certain parts gave it away. But I still enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fun. You
1: can predict what's happening the first five minutes into the movie, and then it takes two and a half hours for them to figure the same shit out. Um, it's incredibly unique. It's worth watching. I personally wouldn't call it a horror film,
0: um, but it's more of like an action. Slightly the creepy. crawling, the crawling got me. I don't like crawling things, but, but that's just because it's ugh, you it's know,
1: very different. I've never seen anything like it, so go see yeah, it. Yeah, I'm um, unless I enjoyed you it. can't Voldemort, but you'd have to see the <laughs> to get that reference. <laughs> that's so funny,
0: and that's it. Meow, yeah. Yeah. my kitten is literally sitting on my armrest.
1: Meow, yeah. he Came just made a me. really dramatic. Yawning face. It was a She's silent precious. Meow. A silent meow.